As we begin Shalom Bayis, I think that there is a <clears throat> an assumption that's made that I'm sitting and talking to you about Shalom Bayis as if I'm an expert in Shalom Bayis. My wife could attest that um, I'm not an expert. Um, I hope I'm, I'm decent, but uh, but to be more than decent, you have to be a very on a very very high matrega, which I'm not. Um, but I did notice that in the kolel years ago, it's a little bit of history now, that uh, one of the first things I started doing in the kolel was doing Shalom Bayis because that was something that I was talking to guys about, but uh, we were talking about Shalom Bayis, but there was no classes and no forum where we had the opportunity to sit and discuss it as a group together. Obviously, this is also a springboard that for those who want to discuss with me uh, topics on the on the subject that uh, I could do my best, not as a professional, but just someone who's been there and as a Rebbe. Um, it's a schuss, it's a schuss to, to do what I can to try to try to help. And so this is an opportunity for us to give something attention that really, really needs attention. I'll, I'll say it in a very, very blunt way. In your life, it's much more important that you succeed in this vad, then you succeed above a basra. And even a sirahetar or hilchas um, in, ter- in other words, this is one of the most important components in our lives. And chas uh, the last thing I mean to, to do is be mezalzel in our avoidant, teirak and our amelus, etc., etc. But in the, in pers- to put things in perspective, uh, in, in a practical level, as well as on a spiritual level, from the from the Torah's perspective as well, that we're mochek es Hashem, l'man shalom. So everything hakol totally boy. Everything is dependent on this, and uh, the fact that it's not given as much attention as it should by the world in general, as well as in our yeshiva, is probably has to do with the idea that kol nekudish mechaver mechur v'yosem yimenu. That uh, those things that are that much more important uh, sometimes get the get the least emphasis, or probably to be done the world lekafshus, as Mesil Sharm says, that those things that are most obvious, those are the things that we tend to talk about the least. Those things that are so so basic, which makes me feel better that what we're going to be doing is discussing basic things. In other words, I'm not going to be sharing with you. It's not the time to say gishmak echidish. Uh, now's the time just to to review. Review the basics, but to start in a way that would be appropriate to the scholarship of our yeshiva, I'll start with a balamor. Okay, that after I just said all that, I'll start with a balamor, but not a balamor in shas, but the balamor's hakdama to his perush on shas. I'm indebted to one of Yehuda and Aryeh and I's and our rebbe, and that is Rav Tzvi Ron. Rav Tzvi Ron quoted this in a Musar Shmuz. I was not aware of this balamor. Not only did he have funny stories, but he also had, uh, he even quotes Palomar's. So he quoted this Palomar that I never learned. And uh, that's going to introduce our, t- our topic for, uh, for today, the subject for today. The Palomar writes, The Palomar is not talking about Shalom Bayes at all. He's talking about Neshamas. And he writes, that in many places, a nefesh is referred to as kavod. 
the neshama, the nefesh, of a person is referred to as his kavod. And so this Baal is extremely important, of course, in the Marmakomas when one is dealing with kavod. That, of course, as Rav Kestenbaum points out a lot, that in Olam Amidos, that kavod is not a, a bad thing per se. Kavod, we know that there's a negative kavod, someone who's rodev achra kavod, that's a negative thing. But kavod itself is the dignity of a person, and the dignity of a person is the, comes from the fact that he's a chelek elokami mal. And that, so the word neshama is often interchanged with, with the word, with the word kavod. And the Balamar goes on to describe that if a person becomes so connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then their individuality becomes one with the kavod of Kut and then he begins to somehow connect that to, to his, parish, his parish on Shas. The topic for today, I, sub, I call the subject, the subject of Hakaras Kvoda. This is an introduction to Shalom Bayes. Hakaras Kvoda, recognizing the kavod of one's wife. To, under, to reach the Madrega where we could begin to connect to a place where we, we recognize her kavod. In other words, the Balamar is teaching us to recognize the kavod that is <clears throat> requires us to go to the most basic parts of Avodah Hashem, and that is Hoda. The Balamar goes on, and he refers to this kavod also as Hod. And Hod and Hoda, we know, are directly connected. We're getting close to Hanukkah, the theme of Hanukkah is Hod and Hoda. The Balamar points out that this kavod is also the hod of a person. Now the Maral in the Silas HaVodah, Simin Yudches, writes, Kasher Maskir Hodah, when a person mentions the Hodah, here he's talking about Kodesh Baruch but we're going to see that it applies Benon Mechavero as well. Moser Atzman L'Hashem Yisvarech, B'Shvil HaTov HaShasolo, Kizehu Inyan Hodah, Shelo Yatsa Dover Mirushusa, when a person truly begins to appreciate Kutcha Brichu and another individual, they become much more deeply connected to that entity. In the case of Kutcha Brichu, when a person is Modat HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Maral says, one, if a person is in a constant state of Oda as he or she should be, then he's Lo Yatsa Dover Mirushusai. He doesn't leave HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rishos. He's constantly in the Rishos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Moideh Shalesleh Migar Meiklum. That admits, the individual recognizes that there's nothing in their lives aside from Kut The same applies, the same mechanic applies in regards to our relationship with our wife. Because the whole tafkid, the whole essence of what a marriage is, is... Two neshamos, according to Zayar, is two neshamos that were separated from the beginning of time, that were really one, two halves of a whole. That my wife and I are really two parts of, of one neshama. And the whole tafkid is, Alpi Kabbalah, the whole tafkid of Shalom Bayis, the whole tafkid of marriage, is constantly being in that place, Shalom Yatsa Mirishus, that the two neshamos go back into this one Rishus of Neshama, which ultimately. The ultimate rishus is in the makom hakadosh baruch hu v'chulei but in on the on the micro level, that's 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 what's happening. 
Oh, so now you hear, you could hear a little bit of the omic of this title. Hakaras kvoda, recognizing her kavod. In other words, the more and more a person recognizes the kavod of one's wife, the more and more one reaches that place where you're connecting to her neshama, which ultimately leads to a place where the neshamas are connected, that they become one. Just like we had seen from the, the Zohar in the context of Shalom Bayis, and just like we had seen from the Maharal in terms of Hoda. Yes? We're gonna, I'm going to elaborate on, on that. I, ch- I chose the word uh, kavod based on the, Mara, on the Balamor, that the, ba- the Balamor's idea about that kavod being the Shama, but we're going to bring out that so much of Shalom Bayis is not just to be functionally working together as a team. In other words, a lot of people look at Shalom Bayis, particularly I think uh, in, in the secular world, people will look at Shalom Bayis as a way to work as an effective team. Uh, there's, there's something in Avodah Hashem, there's something a lot deeper that's, that gets into, into what I'm referring to as, uh, as Kavod. How do we understand, I'll, I'll get back to this Kavod uh, by de- delving a little bit deeper into the Zohar's uh, not deeper in Kabbalah, but just try to understand more from the perspective of the Torah itself, from the words in the Torah, of how, let's appreciate a little bit more this idea of two halves of a whole. So the Torah describes, that a man, man is not good alone. So one way of understanding it is that there was something missing in creation, that until woman is created. But there might be a, a, another understanding. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself put inside of us the desire to be with a woman. In other words, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu put inside of, else, inside of us a push to be with a woman even though it doesn't make sense. Here's the knetch. This is very, very important. This is a very, very important part of Shalom Bayis. Not everything in Shalom Bayis makes sense. In fact, in many ways, the institution of marriage is in many ways illogical. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, is the, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying, I'm going to create an almost irrational drive in man and woman to be with each other. L- let's talk practically, a-, a practical example. Not in Shalom Bayis, but it's getting closer to Shalom Bayis. Let's talk about a tragedy that probably you've, you're familiar with, you might know. I remember when I grew up, this was more common than it is today. today. Baruch Hashem, today it's less common. I grew up quite a, around quite a bit of bachelors. Men who were in their 40s and 50s, where your grandfather Davin, there were a few, quite a few men who were, uh, we Davin, I Davin together with uh, Zaki's, Zaki's grandfather. There were quite a few men who were bachelors. And the tragedy of a bachelor is that when men begin, after a certain time, 
to live alone and to lead a functional life alone, what happens sometimes is that it becomes very, very hard for them to share in a way that almost doesn't make sense. The fact that we felt a drive when we were young to get married and get married is a tremendous bracha because there are many things about living together with another person that are very, very, very inconvenient. And in a certain level, the logic makes more sense for a person to create an environment where they're self-sufficient entirely on their own. And this is something that's very, very important to recognize in Shalom Bayis. And we're going to use it in the direction of appreciating, uh, appreciating your wife. Because there are many things that, that, that would be a lot easier if we'd be alone. You know, they say that, um, you, you, I'm sure you all remember whether it was a COVID wedding or not, but the frustrations or the challenges of preparing for, for a wedding. So Bride Magazine once did a poll. When it came to normal weddings, they did a poll and they asked uh, how many hours do, do the average couple spend, uh, <coughs> spend preparing for the wedding. So an average bride spends, spends 200 hours preparing for a wedding. And the average groom spends 200 hours saying, it sounds good, it sounds good. So the, there's no need for me to be involved with that preparation, but it's absolutely necessary for me to be a part of that preparation. That's all part of Lo Tove Yosadam Levado. That Kodesh Baruch Hu put in me this push to be connected and to join, even though, even though many ways life would be a lot functional uh, without it. Says the Chazonish. Let's look at it from the woman's perspective. Ve'eli Sheikh Chukaseh. That Kodesh Baruch Hu made it that in a, in a healthy marriage, in a functional marriage, a woman has a desire to be close to her husband. Despite the fact that what your wives are doing, and this is why women are not invited to the Shalom Bayis, that's why we do Chinuch both with men and women, but Shalom Bayis, this is, I have to be very, very strong about this to the men. Despite the fact that your wife's commitment to you is entirely irrational, in many ways is below her, and I'll explain what I mean by that shortly. And yet, if you do it right, she will be totally happy and connected and enjoying what she's doing. That, the Chazunish says, is the power of Eli Sheikh Chukasef. That she has that desire. But what, is she, what does she need? And here we get back to the Turnhout Cars Kodah. There's only one thing that she needs in order to make it work, and that is for you to recognize and show and respond and initiate to her covet. Let's elaborate a little bit on this Elishev Chukasech. Baruch Hashem, many of you are married to women who at a young age are quite accomplished, capable, and Gross is a great, a great example of this, is that you'll have many... The reason you're here is not because of her. She came to Israel so... It might, be, it might be nice, she might enjoy Israel, but she's here primarily for your learning, for your growth. And if you look at it, in marriage in general, that's a common, common theme. And that is that even if a woman is a very, very successful professional, 
one of the most important priorities in her life is, if it's a good and functioning marriage and a healthy marriage, is that she is committed to her home with her husband. I had a Talmud way before Yehuda Arya's time, one of my first years in the Tivari. His mother is one of the most, I have to be careful not to give away her identity, but his mother is one of the most important female doctors in the, in the tri-state area. The odds are probably you know, you've heard her name. And he said, he said that his mother, when she comes home, all she wants to do is be a simple wife and mother. She wants to turn off her phone and just be a, just be a wife. A simple wife and a simple mother. That's how Kaddish Baruch Hu put it into the Teva. Now, of course, there might be women who have ambitions to help the world and, and even to help with the Parnasa at home, etc., etc. But at its core, is that desire. The deep, deep, deep desire. But the one thing that she needs to fuel, to keep it going, is Akaras Kvoda. And here I get to the strong Musa. Most of you in Gross don't have someone who's coming to clean your apartment. Could be. Emir Tzashem, you'll be successful uh, later on. There will be someone who will come to clean your apartment. But right now, your wife is doing a lot of the cleaning, hopefully with your help. Now, a woman, this Talmud's mother, at home she would help out with the cleaning, the cooking. How does an average woman go and do all these things, especially a woman who's accomplished professionally and so on and so forth, how does she go and degrade herself to become a cook, to become a cleaning lady? And every mother and wife does that. Even the most successful, on some level, they do that. What takes or what elevates that bechina of being a woman who's just working around the house and doing these jobs that she never dreamed that she would do when she was going when she was in college? She dreamed to become a this and to do that and to do that. The answer is because, as Rabbi Yossi says, lo karasi ishi ishti ishi ishti elabesi. It's because she knows in doing that that she's building a special home with you. And that home she knows is more eternal than any professional accomplishments that she's going to have. So Rabosai, if a husband doesn't recognize every single component that a wife does in general. Now, and when I say every single component, it doesn't mean to be constantly, but to spend some time thinking about then chas v'chalila, you could turn her into her feeling that she's a cleaning lady and that she's a cook. And pardon me if I'm going to be vulgar over here, but I have to inshallah bias, and a prostitute. Because the essence of what's going on needs to be defined of are we building something together where I appreciate all these things that you're doing so that we build a special bias together or chas v'chalila, it's something else. Years ago, I met somebody who was about to get divorced and uh, the guy was clueless. He got divorced. The guy was clueless. He was a guy who learned seriously in yeshiva. And I spoke to her as well. And she said to me that I felt that during Tashmish I was being raped. 
It was the farthest thing from his mind. But he didn't know what he was doing. And nowhere along the process did she feel along the way, both when they were eating supper together and when they were doing things together, did she ever feel that there was Hakaras Kvoda. And so our Avoda is to spend a little bit of time, real time, to, to take real, real time in this Bechina Avoda that we become connected and that not that terrible, awful separation of a cleaning lady, a cook, chas everything else. That there is a time, in, a time in which she feels and understands that, you're, that you're, you look at all of those things in terms of the real, real kavod that she is. And what's the real, real kavod that she is? The other half of your neshama, that you're building an eternal home together. And the moment in which a person begins to spend some time doing that, then the, the relationship is entirely transformed. It's absolutely scary to think that the line between what this girl was feeling and between a woman who's another girl who's really happy in their marriage, the line between them is not so far apart. It's not that far apart. What I mean by that is, is that if you do a few of these things, lishma, not because this is what you're supposed to do, this is what the books tell you you're supposed to do, but you truly do the things we're about to mention with that desire to create that hakaris kodah, to create that closest, to create that bond, then that's, it's an entirely different world. And if you don't, then she's turned her into all the things that we mentioned, that we mentioned before. Rabbi Sol Salanter, so let's, let's talk about that practically. Rabbi Sol Salanter described that um, in his inimitable style, he's quoted as saying, that a compliment on one's, to one's wife, a sincere compliment, is like complimenting a Rosh Yeshiva on his Pshat and Rambam. If you truly, truly enjoyed the Pshat that your Chavrusa said, or that your Rebbe said, that Pshat and they said Rambam, that's what, that's what, that's what the, the, you know, your Rebbe was working on for a long, long time. That's what your Chavrusa was. And you truly, truly appreciate that. That makes a person, which by the way, I think sometimes we don't compliment people because we think they don't need our compliments. I, I, I said this over at my daughter's engagement party. Rav Shefter was there thanking Rav Shefter. That was at it. Rav Shefter gave a Shalom Bayez talk. It must be now 24, 25 years ago. When they still weren't talking about Shalom. It wasn't, Shalom Bayez wasn't so common to be spoken about publicly. So Rav Shefter just mentioned, he said, you should, thank, you should thank your wife. You should compliment her. He was saying things very, in a Kedarka Kodesh in a very simple off-handed way. And he said, I appreciate when people say to me, thank you after a shir. And I almost fell out of my chair because I just dawned on me that I never said thank you to Rav Shefter. Why didn't I say thank you to Rav Shefter? Because even, even 25 years ago, Rav Shefter was Rav Shefter. It was like, it was like, you know, it was called Torah Kula. It was like, he did, it was like, what, what do, why does he need my thank you? Everybody's coming to hear a shir. What, what, why, why does he need my thank you? And the answer is that everybody needs thank you. So that, I thanked him at my daughter's engagement party. So every, everybody, everybody, needs, everybody needs a thank you. Everybody needs a thank you. And therefore, spending time to appreciate and to say thank you is something that's, uh, that's extremely, extremely important. There's another way that we need to go about it. It's not only in the bitui. It's not only in the expression. It's in the sensitivity of noticing things. And if you, if you compliment your wife, you spend time thinking about her kavod, and that's, that, by the way, Zachary, I've now answered your question. 
The Kavla Hakar's Kvodah is the transformation of taking her from a mundane person and elevating her to basic. That's, that's what the Kavla, that's what the Kavla is, and that's what the Chibur is. The other thing isn't only in expressing, it really is an avoda to spend time to notice. In other words, it's easy when we're sitting and talking together about Shalom Bayis to, to talk about these things and say, and, and these things are all self-evident. They're so, they're so obvious if we spend some time thinking about it, which is why this is avodas HaKodesh, is just spend time to framing these things together. So, but, then, but there's another avoda to be able to notice when we are, when we are together, the small things. I'll give you an. I'll give you an example. An example of it would be. Example of this would be, um, spending time noticing the things that we tend to take for granted. If you're a husband who does the laundry, then Baruch Hashem, this doesn't apply to you. This lesson. But if your wife sometimes does the laundry, when was the last time? When you took out a pair of socks from the sock drawer and you thought, as you were putting them on in the morning, and you thought how they got there. In other words, as much as we say thank you, we notice our wife when you know, she cooked a Shabbos meal, when you knew she was tired on Thursday night, and of course then you're not going to forget to thank her for that. But how many times do we really think about dozens, myriads of other things? And the simple ones, the small ones, because again, it gets back to the same point. Because eventually, if we keep on ignoring them, and keep on ignoring them, then Emir Tzashem, she won't feel like a cook. She won't feel like, God forbid, a prostitute. But maybe at times she'll feel like a cleaning lady because you never think and spend time, you never think and spend time thinking about how your socks got to the drawer. In other words, this is not an all or nothing. We could succeed in 80%, but God forbid there could be 20%, which we could have done a lot better. And that 20% that we could do better is when we begin to, when we begin to notice, do our best to notice a myriad of things. Not just those things that, that, uh, that the world makes a big deal about. Or not those things that we notice our friends, right? We often will notice our parents or our, or our friends that they'll compliment their wife on the, on the cooking. So we'll also do that. But what about the things that we don't hear? that people compliment. What about noticing those in our relationship? Finally, the last thing, I'm going to have to start learning with the Torah Shraga boys soon. Um, the last thing is in regards to uh, recognizing Hakar's Kvoda is going out of our way to show that we appreciate. Going out of our way to show that, uh, that, that her specialness is on our mind. And that's the subject of gifts. And that is to be able to go and show her, and, and every woman is different and every human being is different, but to go and show that we're thinking and therefore reciprocating in a symbolic way. And of course here the symbolic part is, is so important because the irony is we're going to spend time talking about men are from Mars and women are from Venus, is that what men appreciate when it comes to gifts are gifts that have utility to it for them. So if your if your chavrusa buys you, um, you know, otzer rashi yeshivas delita on mesefta that you're never going to learn, you're going to appreciate it less if he buys you a kovitz for next year on the mesefta that you're actually learning, because guys look at gifts from a utilitarian perspective, but women, ironically, are the exact opposite. There's a, there's. A, 
there's some comedians that have a whole routine about this, that the more that the gift has, serves absolutely no purpose, the more the woman, appreci- the more woman appreciates it. So why are women so strange? The answer is it's not so strange. The point is, flowers serve absolutely no purpose. They look nice, but that's it. So why are flowers so meaningful? Because exactly it. Because a woman wants to feel the appreciation comes, stems from a place that's entirely coming from full appreciation as opposed to using something that has any utilitarian value. That's why those gifts that are, that are, that are purely gifts that are symbolic are the most, are the most uh, significant. That's why a rock, also known as a diamond, is, is so meaningful for a girl. Because the, the, the rock is, is, is just a rock. There's absolutely no, no, uh, no value per se, except its value because of its inherent value, but no utilitarian value. And the same thing applies for flowers. And, that, and therefore, we need to be able to take a step back and, and recognize that the, the gifts that we're giving are gifts that are expressing to her that appreciation without connecting it to, any, to anything that's, that's practical. I'd like to share with the guys that my one of, I'll, I'll probably come back to this, one of the gifts that I, that I gave my wife that totally backfired was um, when, we, when we were in the Heights, my wife got a, a very, a very nice job that she was teaching nutrition in Stern College. My wife's a nutritionist, so she started teaching biology and nutrition in Stern. So that was a big accomplishment. We were pretty young, so I, I, I tried to buy her something to like, to, to to commemorate it. So I bought her a briefcase, like she was going to be carrying a textbook and stuff like that. So I bought her uh, my lack of sense of style. I even bought her a black briefcase. So I bought her a black briefcase and I gave it to her. And she opened it up and she said, what is this? So I said, this is for... So she said, you mean, you mean there's something wrong with my pocketbook? I said, my pocketbook, is, my pocketbook is fine. I said, but maybe you have a textbook? She said, no, I'm going to carry my textbook and so on. And ultimately that, that uh, briefcase sat in the closet for about five years. Eventually I took it and I, I used that, that briefcase up until a couple of years ago. That was the briefcase that I, that I used. And I realized what had happened was I didn't totally take myself out of my own zone and put myself in my wife's zone. Flowers she would have appreciated much more. But what I did was I, instead of thinking what she would really, really appreciate, I was still thinking in my mind what would be, what would be good for me if I was in that position. And so Akaris Kvoda also means to be able to go to a place, and we're going to have to talk about that place, that place of leaving that place which is a masculine perspective, which of course in Kabbalah the man is the mashpia, and the woman is the mekabelas. So we need to be able to take ourselves and be able to sort of, in our, if you will, imagination or our uh, world of dimyon, to be able to think about what will show her that we're appreciating her akaras kvoda. So tachlis, what we spoke about today, uh, was the concept of akaras kvoda, why akaras kvoda is so important, why, God forbid, if we don't do it, where the things can end up, and practically, we gave a few examples, uh, very, very specific examples of that. Number one is really hoda'a, saying thank you, as we start out with the ma'aral, of that, that's what puts you together in that rishus, 
Uh, number two is to notice, to really, really notice those things, because eventually those things that you notice, she will appreciate that you're recognized and covered. And, and finally, sometimes it's actively to initiate things that will uh, create, create that Paras Kloda as well with gifts and other things. Mir will pick up with more uh, next time. I apologize that I can't uh, schmooze right now by Shalom Bayes. The way the schedule worked out.